Well, it's still very much a tale of the reflation trade with bonds being sold off and commodities rising in price, helping push the Aussie dollar up again. But US equities are on the rise too as central bankers are challenging each other to see who can sound the most dovish. Jerome Powell and Andrew Bailey have both been in front of parliamentary committees on either side of the Atlantic and the RBNZ made their policy announcement yesterday. All very dovish. No concerns about inflation. And today, it's all about jobs. We get the weekly job numbers from the United States. And on the home front, what impact will an end to JobKeeper have? We might not have to wait too long to find out. It's Thursday, the 25th of February, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a uh, small moves in the US dollar. It's 0.6% rise against the Japanese yen has been somewhat counteracted by a 0.4% rise in the Aussie dollar and the Canadian dollar. They've been helped by commodities uh, with both the WTI and Brent oil up about 0. Uh, 2.5%, I should say, this morning. And copper up another 1.5% to its highest level in years. In fact, you've got to go back to August 2011. And it's a similar story with iron ore trading near nine-year highs. Uh, US equities have bounced back more than 1% for the Dow, 0.8% for the Nasdaq and the S&P 500. The uh, S&P helped by Tesla, which is rising more than 5%. Uh, it's all over the place, isn't it, Tesla, at the moment? And bond yields are rising. Three basis points on 10-year treasuries up to 1.37%. It kicked off the session close to 1.43%, which is a, a new pandemic high. And Canadian 10 years are up seven basis points as well. Not quite the same level of movement in Europe, but yields are up there too. So Jerome Powell can take uh, the wrap for some of this. He's been talking at a congressional hearing. Let's look at why with David DeGarris, Director of Economics for Markets at NAB. He's in Melbourne at the moment. It's amazing there's uh, any response at all because all he's been doing really is iterating what he's been saying all along. Lower interest rates for longer. But look at that response. Uh, equities are up. Bond yields, uh, bond prices, I should say, are tumbling. Yields are uh, higher, higher than they have been. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, where does this end? Obviously, good morning, Phil. Uh, obviously, he thinks that um, he needs to beat that drum even louder mm. than what he did the day before. I mean, you don't often get these sort of responses to return testimonies on the second day, you know. Um, it's pre- pretty much a repeat, but um, certainly like this, this market just turned around um, after Powell was speaking and it's pushing back hard pushing back hard, Phil, on inflation concerns, about concerns about overheating. So, you know, saying things like, we might take three years to reach our inflation goals. So we're worried about um, unemployment remaining high, the labour market far from maximum employment. Some prices are rising, but inflation, you know, is a process that takes year after year after year. So it's not something that we should be worried about uh, because you get a you know a, a transient increase in, in inflation rates, so pushing back very hard on that. So yeah, you know, equity markets just like that news and um, took off, off as a result. You saw the commodity price, industrial commodity prices lift. You said copper, um, all the base metals, um, oil, and of course in oil you've got um, you know some near-term supply shortages and you know the impact of the polar blast in the in across the US and and you've got you know signs of demand returning so mm. you know expectations that it'll return so you know that's really lifted uh, all the energy stocks and uh, as I look at the screen right now Aussie's pretty close to seven just under 79 50 79 42 as we speak this morning Phil 
and we're seeing those that that, that, that movement in bond yields is quite pronounced as well. We saw sixty one billion dollars in five year notes being auctioned today at zero point six two percent. The previous auction was zero point four two percent. So there's plenty of movement at the station, as they say. Yes, 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 and and uh, as you said, the US ten year trading at one one point three. That was that's actually traded up to. 1.43 uh, intercession, and you've got uh, Aussie 10-year futures up implied yield of uh, six and a half basis points, so um, up to you know 1.68 nearly. So you know that's going to reverberate through the Australian market um, today. But been very much led by equities, been led by the commodity price stories, and um, you've got bond yields and equities rising uh, and uh, the risk currencies as well, such as the Aussie dollar and Kiwi uh, yeah. front and centre, and of course the other commodity currencies. It's scarcely worth mentioning new home sales, but I mean we will we'll just just to, just for, <laughs> but for reasons of completeness, we had them uh, in the United States. Yes. They were high too, up four point three percent in January. Basically, that is twice what was expected. But we've said it before that the lumber prices seem to be pushing them perhaps uh, uh, artificially high at the moment. Uh, if we look at mortgage applications yesterday for the week of the nineteenth of February, they're a lot worse than expected. So yes. ho hum. Yes, I think I think that's the story, Phil. That the demand impetus through late last year and into the first part of this year has been exceptionally strong. And that's now resonating in these new home sales numbers. But um, you've got the pushback now that's occurring, the recalibration from the increase in bond yields. So you've had that big push up in 10 and 30-year yields. So that's feeding through to mortgage rates. And that that seems to have uh, quelled demand for the time being. But, you know, what happens on the other side of the pandemic when – People start to get jobs again and start to think about housing and the like. And real, you know, real mortgage rates are still very low. So um, I think the story there is still a positive one. But um, mm. the numbers today were strong. Now I'm calling today's podcast the Battle of the Doves. Not that I think uh, I don't know if doves ever have battles. I can't imagine them. They'd be like <laughs> if doves doves are fighting, they would go, "You go first. No, 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 you go first. They'd never get around to it. But the reason I'm calling you that is because Jerome Powell uh, is obviously dovish. Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England also in front of a government yeah. committee today, and Bed Broadbent as well. Uh, basically, yeah. uh, very dovish as well. And talking hypotheticals, they, 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 Ben Broadbent said basically hypothetically, yes, they could. Re- versus the QE uh, that they've got at the moment uh, if the bank rate reaches 1.5%. But that's way mm. off. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, the, the strength of the pound is really to do with continued hope of a, of, of, a, of the lockdown timetable yeah. and the rollout of vaccines. But, you know, yeah. the same thing, inflation's a long way off, still uncertainty, yada, yada. I think they just got the same script. They just uh, they just changed the, the word uh, England from uh, from the United States. Didn't they? <laughs> Certainly, Andrew Bailey and his team were brushing aside concerns about inflation, weren't they, when they were, when they were appearing? So, um, you know, they mentioned that the data they're seeing doesn't show that inflation's overshooting its target. Um, they're more worried about the pace of the rebound and, you know, scarring of the labour market. And um, what they're seeing in the bond market uh, is not worrying them about inflationary expectations at this point. And even, uh, you know, you mentioned Ben Broadbent, uh, Jonathan Haskell from Bank of England, worried about potential downside risks of the economy, you know, like a, a, something like a super variant that might see yet another lockdown. I don't think the Prime Minister of um, UK wants to hear that sort of, no. that sort of news. So um, it was very much of that ilk that we spoke about with 
from the, uh, the the Fed chair and also Fed Governor Brainard was speaking about their maximum employment objective and that mentioned that you know before the pandemic Bill, even when the unemployment rate you know had a three handle um, they want this recovery to be an inclusive recovery and when, when the unemployment rate had a three handle communities that saw you know much higher rates of unemployment so you know they think they've got a long way to go so once again, beating the same drum. I don't know. Doves don't beat drums, do they? Because we're <laughs> mixing metaphors. <laughs> How many mixed metaphors can we get? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we're mixing metaphors like it's going out of fashion. But look, the the uh, well, let's go to another one then, because uh, also in the doves, the RBNZ. Even though New Zealand's got virtually no cases, uh, they're still saying, "Yeah, but you know, our outlook it's uncertain. It's going to require patience. Yes. No change to the approach." Um, also saying no extra stimulus is required, but, you know, it's we're not out of the woods yet. There's another metaphor for you. No, it's, it's, it's an interesting story, that one, that there's no doubt that, you know, the lack of infections and, um, you know, that's paid dividends for uh, both New Zealand and Australian economies. And the interesting thing is that while the title of their report was prolonged monetary stimulus needed, so that, that, that's pretty clear messaging, isn't it? Mm. But when you actually look at their forecasts for the economy and how they've changed, in fact, you could say the same thing about the Reserve Bank, it's sort of um, emblematic of an improving economy. And um, so, you know, that, that sort of reduces further the chance of them going down the negative interest rate path, although they did point out that operationally they're, uh, they're ready to do that if need be, but there's no signal they're about to do that. But, you know, they've raised their forecast for inflation. They've raised, lowered their forecast for the unemployment rate. So there is a, a message under there that, that recognises the, the, the improving economy. But once again, the top-line policy message you said is that there are no rush uh, to change policy, uh, by type, certainly by tightening policy, and um, they're going to keep policy very accommodative for quite some period of time yet. Yeah, now, that, that's their intention. Whether mm. whether the economy continues to overshoot, I think it, it's, it's still a possibility. But um, that's something the market will deal with in time. Now, everyone's looking at any number that uh, might indicate inflation. So, no surprise then that uh, they will have been looking at the wage growth numbers yesterday in Australia. Zero point six percent rise Q on Q in December. Still, you know, a long way mm. off anything mm. that's going to have the RBA consent. But I think also, I mean, that the, there's always a reason for for well, not always, but sometimes there's a reason. I think the reason for that yes. was that uh, people who'd taken pay cuts to help their companies get through the pandemic, a lot of those pay cuts were yes. rolled back. So it's a it, it's an artificial Number, yes. In a way. yes, so which also means that the previous numbers are, were a little bit artificial mm. too. But um, the year-on-year comparison is the one probably to look back there, which uh, which cuts right across those effects, and that's still running at one point four. So you've got real wages which are flat, and, and nominal wages growing at one point four. So nowhere near threatening the inflation target when. Um, you know, you, you, those pay tax uh, cuts might have been reversed, but there's still a lot of wages out there that are, uh, are flatlining at the present time. So wages are going nowhere in the uh, for a little while yet, Phil. So yeah. nothing in that to scare the, the Reserve Bank, nothing at all. So, that, I mean, I'm sure the RBA, along with a lot of other people, are going to keep an eye on what happens if Josh Frydenberg finishes the JobKeeper program at the end of next month. I mean, um, they're saying 1.1 million people they're expecting will still be on it. 
at the end of the March mm. quarter, but they uh, expect that most of them are going to remain in their existing jobs after the, the programme finishes. Uh, let's hope so, because 1.1 million is still a heck of a lot of people, isn't it? It is, it is a big number. I think a high proportion of those are still in the you know, most disaffected sectors like uh, hospitality, cafes, restaurants, travel agencies, mm. Um, related to the airline industries and the like, and there's been some pretty big hints from the from the Australian government that they will extend uh, support for uh, the most disaffected sectors. So it's not going to be um, across the board a, a, a hard border at uh, at the end of March, as it were. Right. Okay, well, we get uh, new CapEx numbers for Australia for today. Are there, are there going to be any surprises there? And we also, in the United States, uh, uh, durable goods orders and those initial jobless claims, the, those numbers that are refusing to move down in any great quantity, aren't they? Uh, they've been very high. So um, I think uh, there's a lot of people out there looking at what's happening in Washington and, of course, uh, the government, the, uh, the Congress wants to put the, the bill on the president's desk in the next couple of weeks so they can get this bill passed in uh, in March. So that's their immediate priority. So I, I wonder if I can find uh, a sound effect of doves fighting. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Yeah, well, hang on. Here's, here's one. Uh, uh, there's another. Yeah, no, they're not going to fight, are they? Uh, that's it for today. Uh, we'll catch you next time, Dave. Will do, Phil. Cheers. And that is it. That's the morning call for this uh, the, what are you, Thursday morning. And uh, I'm Phil Dobby for now. I'll catch you again tomorrow morning. Have a great day.